Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I just finished a roundtable in the North California area. To be honest with you, there's individuals that have been a part of my roundtables for nearly 15 years. They literally have told me it's the best ever. The reason I'm saying that is that on June 21st, I will be in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. I know from the listings of cities that we receive from the podcast that there are a number of you that live throughout the Michigan area. I want to encourage you. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn. You can be on the front seat of developing your leadership gift and your leadership talent. I want to encourage you to go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and to sign up and to sign up immediately. I'd love the opportunity to help you advance in your leadership journey. And not only that, to meet you personally and to be able to interact. Well, today I want to talk to you about high capacity leadership. High capacity leadership. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 16 through 20, Moses, being directed by the Spirit of God, begins to outline for Israel what a high-capacity leader will look like. Now, as this high-capacity leader is being described, it's being described in the terms of their day, what they saw predominantly, which was a king. And in these verses, beginning in verse 16 through 20, there are seven principles that begin to outline for us what a high-capacity leader should be. Now, I'm not talking about just someone who's a leader, and I'm not talking about someone who has framed their own leadership. I'm talking about from God's perspective. This is what God says a high-capacity leader should be. The first thing that it tells us in Deuteronomy 17 and verse 16, it says, "...the king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself." or make the people to return to Egypt to get more of them. The first principle of high-capacity leadership is just simply this. High-capacity leaders do not lead with a personal agenda. High-capacity leaders do not lead with a personal agenda. See, the heartbeat of Christian leadership is something that I've said repeatedly for years. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. When you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Now, I've never led in a capacity that involves secular leadership, so I can't talk about secular leadership, but I can talk to you about biblical leadership being a person of faith. And what I can tell you about biblical leadership is this. If you're going to lead in a biblical fashion, then you must be in a position where you're leading and you're not leading for yourself benefit. Why? Because when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. It's not about you. In fact, John the Baptist really gave us the formula to leadership when he said, I must decrease that he might increase. I must decrease that he might increase. It's a simple equation. The more it's about you, the less it's about God. The more it's about you, the less people are going to notice God. The less it's about you, the more they're going to notice God. So high-capacity leaders make sure that God's seen, and maybe they're not going to be seen. And that's all right, 
because high-capacity leaders recognize that their ultimate journey isn't drawing people to them, but it's drawing people to him. So as Moses begins to start and articulate these simple thoughts, what he says is, is you don't get to lead with a personal agenda. You're not going out there to acquire as many horses or whatever the relevant term would be for our day. You're not getting to obtain all the leadership privileges and all of the leadership opportunities that really are good for you. You're really leading because you want to lead well for God and you want to lead for others. So number one, don't lead with a personal agenda. Number two, never play around with the past. Never play around with the past. Now, when I say that to you, what I'm referring to is it goes on and it says, or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them talking about horses. For the Lord has told us, you are not to go back that way again. Now, that's an interesting phrase because we all know the history that over 400 years, Israel had been held captive and enslaved in Egypt. They had been set free. But apparently there were some things about Egypt that were enticing. They had some things that would be easy to say, well, I want that. But what God said is you can't play around with the past. When God says you don't go that way again, you don't go that way again. Now, as a leader, a lot of leaders talk about overcoming. But sometimes the best leaders just avoid. They don't put themselves in places where they are going to have to experience the past over and over again. So let me put it to you this way. The past is what we learn from. We do not relive it and visit it. So as a leader, there are things that I've learned from that they were a part of my past, but they're a part of my past. In fact, we know in Isaiah 43 and verse 18, it says, forget the former things and remember those things no more. Behold, I do a new thing. We know that Paul had to understand that the past was the past when he said, forgetting those things that are behind. Most people do not have a memory problem. They have a forgetting problem. And if you're going to be a high capacity leader, you're going to have to forget. I remember a few years ago, my son was playing uh, high level baseball And there was a young man in our church that had played for the Green Bay Packers. And he had grown up in our church and he was just a great kid. And I asked Charlie, I said, Charlie, could you just talk to Cody? Because sometimes when he has a bad moment, that bad moment just carries over. And Charlie just pulled him aside and he said, sometimes things are not going to go the way you want them to go. But you have to have an ability to say, that's over, move on to next. See, it's the move, the mentality of being a leader where you just move on. So never play around with the past. Number three, neglecting relationship wisdom. It says back here in Deuteronomy 17, it says he must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. Now, we're not talking about the cultural context of that day. But the bottom line is God said, if you're going to lead, you got to get relationships right. You can't be messing up relationships. I like to put it this way when I talk to pastors. You've got to develop home-filled advantage. You can't lead for God and lack a home-filled advantage. If you go home and when you're at home, everything is tense and it's a constant fight, you're not going to be a high-capacity leader. 
You've got to learn wisdom that you can execute at home so the home life is a good life and you can lead based on the fact that when you go home, you have a safe place and you have a secure place. The next thing it says in there is he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Now, when that is referenced, what God is saying is every leader is to be known more for their generosity, what they give away than what they get. And that's what he's saying. Every leader I know that's a high capacity leader has access to a lot of things. But high capacity leaders have learned to let those things be a tool where it's about generosity to them. Let me put it in these words. You have to be able to say, I love God and I love people more than I love things. See, every time you're generous, that's what you're saying. Every time you give, every time you invest in someone else, you give your time, your talent, your treasure. You're just simply saying this. I want to be known by what I give away and not what I keep. And so as a leader, you've got to let generosity be your goal. You've got to have that capacity to be able to give away the things that pass through your hand. That's not to say that you're not able to take care of yourself and your family. It just means that your goal in life is generosity. It is the ability to let go of things so that others. Do you love God and do you love people more than you love things? Do you? That's the nature of a high-capacity leader. They love God and they love people more than they love things. They're willing to let go of things if it'll help them win their relationship with God or if it will help them in their relationship with people. They're willing to invest their best in others rather than letting their best Take them away from the best investments they can make. See, in life, the greatest investment I make is not in the stock market or in bonds or in an investment strategy. The best investment I make is when I invest in people. Why? Because one day the ultimate scorecard is going to be, did you make heaven bigger and did you make the kingdom of God better? That's our quest. Did we make heaven bigger, and did we make the kingdom of God better? When we're finished and done, will heaven be bigger because of how we led? With our generosity, did we create more moments for heaven to be bigger? With the way we manage generosity, have we made the kingdom of God better? Have we strategized our life that our love for God and our love for people exceeds our love for things? doesn't mean you won't have things. It just means that's not what you love the most. Another part is in Deuteronomy 17 and verse 18, it says, And when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself a scroll of this law taken from the Levitical priest. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, so that he may learn to revere the Lord as God and follow carefully all the words of the Lord and his decree. Next principle, can you maintain biblical values? Can you maintain biblical values? It's real interesting here. God said 
that if you're going to be a high-capacity leader, you have to personalize the Word of God. It can't just be God's Word. It has to be God's Word to you. And how did they personalize it here? The king had to write a copy by hand in his own handwriting. He had to literally take the book of the law, the first five books of the Bible, and he had to write out by hand. Why did God do that? Because what God was communicating, you can never delegate biblical responsibilities. You have to own them personally. It needs to be in your handwriting. It needs to be in your heart. It needs to be in you. And by writing it by hand, he was saying, hey, you have to personalize the Bible. You don't get away with sort of saying, well, that's for everyone else and that's not for me. Well, you know, that part I like and this part I don't. God said, you got to write it and you got to write it down. Now, in our day, does that mean we have to personally write down the Bible? No, but it does mean that we have to personally take the Bible seriously. And what he's saying is there's no leadership position, no matter how high it is, that exempts you from biblical responsibilities. You can't delegate biblical responsibility to someone else. I don't get to say it's my mom. I don't get to say it's my wife. It's my pastor. I get to be biblically responsible. And then he says, you're to take this book with you and you're to read it all the days of your life. See, that's important because what he's describing isn't one and done. He's saying, you need to take this seriously. You need to hold on to this. You cannot let go of this. You need to maintain biblical values. The next principle, and to not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites. Number six, protect your heart from toxic attitudes. Do not let anything get in your heart that creates superiority. Do not let anything get in your heart that makes you think you're better than someone. Your position may be different than someone, but you're not better than someone. You may have a different office than someone, but that doesn't mean that that person who doesn't have that office is less than you. And so what God said is that there is an equality of value that always has to be in a high-capacity leader, that whether it's the lowest person on the orc chart, it doesn't mean that they're low value on God's chart. So the orc chart may say this job is more important than this job, but in God's chart, God never says this person is more important than this person. So what we see is, is that it says that a high-capacity leader will never, will never place a value on people other than the value of God on them. Don't look down on people. Don't somehow say that person isn't worthy, isn't worth time or attention. The simple truth is everyone has to prioritize. But our priority is how we manage our time. It's not how we express our values. We value everyone and we value them highly and we value them equally. Another thing is this, small mistakes lead to big problems. Small mistakes. In verse 20, it says, do not turn from the law. It says, don't go to the right or to the left. 
We know that in navigation that the slightest degree off over a period of time will create distance from a target that can be large. It can be small at the beginning, but the outcome will be large at the end. And what God says is we don't deviate. We don't deviate in our heart towards God, our vision towards God, the things we do for God. We do not deviate. So what has happened in this particular set of verses? God's shown us what his expectation of a high capacity leader is. They don't lead with a personal agenda. They never play around with the past. They don't neglect relationship wisdom. They let generosity be their goal. They maintain biblical perspectives. They protect their heart from toxic attitudes. And they understand small mistakes are what cause big mistakes. I just think this is an excellent outline for any Christian leader to maybe examine and not only examine, but maybe communicate Maybe you need to sit down and to articulate these with your leadership team and create this interactive moment where you're sort of discussing and looking and looking in the mirror and maybe getting some bounce back from people and saying, how am I doing here? I just think high capacity leadership is what we need in this world today. Hey, I want to remind you in Michigan, we're going to be up there. The round table is wonderful, but we don't take the round tables. There is no audio version of them that you're going to be able to say, I can't come, but I get it. This is personal, up-close leadership. It is raw, but it is the kind of leadership I longed for as a kid, but I think you'll be blessed by it. So I'm asking you to go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and sign up today. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.